Welcome to Soccer Over Gotham, episode 18. I am your host, Gary. Ruby is away for a family emergency. Our thoughts are with her and her family. On this episode, I will break down the win over the courage and grade Scott Parkinson's first game as head coach with friend of the show, Jenna Tonelli of Jersey Sporting News. And I look forward to covering Gotham's FC's push towards the playoffs. We will take a look around the league and tell you who to root for and who not to. So without any further ado, let's go Gotham. And now... Onto the show. Welcome to the show, Jenna of Jersey Sporting News. Thank you so much, Gary. Thank you for having me back. Indeed. And thank you for kind of helping me navigate the maze that is Red Bull Arena. Yeah, no problem. Um, for a place that's just a circle, it's very confusing. <laughs> so my pleasure. Um, and it was nice to, to spend the game together. It was a perfect day. Indeed. When you go up, we had to go to like the second floor and you just get up there and it's just a hallway, no real signs anywhere, just boxes and piles of stuff everywhere. So you're just kind of walking around like, okay, there's the bathroom. And then you walk in to see a table with food on it. I guess that's where I'm supposed to go. (laughs) But Yes, the food and the water is the clue. (laughs) Yes. The seats were really nice. As we were talking, I got the media passes for the first time, which was exciting. The view from the seats are pretty nice. I spent yeah. time as a season ticket holder, 126, the one with the Red Bull logo on right, them. Right, The media seats are directly on the other side and without that blistering sun in your face oh, all yes. day. It's harsh yeah. over there. Yeah. I think that's where Ruby is. So, Oh, is she? Oh, my <laughs> yeah, gosh. <exactly. laughs> Getting a tan. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend always wore these big hats. When <laughs> yeah, you have to. Sunblock and sun hats. So I look forward to doing more of that. But before I get to the game, I kind of want to note one thing. Uh, I'm sure, Jenny, you're the same way, but mm-hmm. uh, we at Soccer Over Gotham stand with the spirit. We're calling for Steve Baldwin to sell the team. Clearly, he has no interest in putting a safe environment for the players. Most of the women's staff have already left the club. It's pretty much run like a boys' club. Mm-hmm. His last hire, Ben Olsen, did an interview where he basically said he had no business being a, a president. So the fans deserve better. The league deserves better. And uh, there was some breaking news maybe about an hour ago that the league finished their investigation. They fired Richie Burke, which I thought he was already gone, but he was. Yeah, I wasn't clear about that, but apparently now it's permanent. He was put on desk duty, like like sometimes yeah. the top. <laughs> The league definitely deserves better and hashtag sell the team, Steve. It's got to yes, happen. Well said. Well said. So let's get to some positive news. The game. Yes. So it was Scott Parkinson's first game at the helm. He was dressed all in black, which was nice. Yes. <laughs> but not much is known of Parkinson as far as how he coaches. And my biggest question for the past, say, two months is how mm-hmm. do you manage to get Lloyd and Anamano on this field at the same time and get them both productive? Now, this is even more important now that we have Purse back. Yes. So we will circle back to that at the end. But let's get to the lineup and roster. The big news is Mitch Purse back to the starting 11 and Paige to the 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buzz around social media when this injury list was dropped was kind of electric. There was two offensive starters that were missing from the beginning of the season, and they were both productive. As Gotham gears up for this final first of the playoffs, I cannot overstate how good this feels to see them back. On the other side, Pinto, and I think she might have been injured, and Kuja was not mm-hmm. the 18. Notably missing from the courage was Dabinia. So Jenna, what were your thoughts on this roster when it was dropped? Yeah, well, 
As you said, I was thrilled to see Mitch Purse back in that starting 11. A little surprised. I I saw her off the injury list and I assumed that she would be maybe coming off the bench, but seeing her starting gave me a lot of confidence for how this game was going to go. I also really liked that front line of Anamanu, Lloyd, and Purse. I loved uh, the versatility of Naho Kawasumi being able to be in the midfield and then seeing Paige, um, you know, available off the bench. And she's been out since, I think, June 20th. So that felt really, really good to see her on there. And for the courage, you know, missing Dabinia, but also still missing Sam Ewis, too. That is true. Gotham lines up in a 4-3-3 with basically two Vs. Long was at the six at the base of the midfield with Zerboni and Kawasumi as the dual eights ahead of her. And then Lloyd was in the number 10 spot, person on a mano up top. North Carolina changed everything they did for this game, which is interesting. So they usually yes. go to like a 4-2-2-2, but they went to a 3-2-2-2-1 and they wanted Williams to kind of lead the line. The first half is a little more interesting than the second half. Gotham kind of in the opening minutes just looks calm and composed in the new formation, which is a testament to the players and the coaching staff. Oftentimes they were playing in those beautiful little triangles with these slick passing, like we just know and love from them. And they were often using Sheridan as an additional field player. Midge Purse's first few touches are kind of rusty as she kind of lets the ball get away from her, but immediately she flashes those tools that make her such a difference maker. Again, more on that later. Uh, Lloyd actually looks really lively in the 10. I was really surprised by that. Anu and Lloyd pick up early yellows, and I think probably by the end of the game, I think half our team had yellows. Um, Yeah, there were seven yellow cards given. Five of them were for us. And 30 fouls called. (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah, whistle whistle happy ref, I guess. Very, very. The game kind of turns... In the 20th minute or so, when a beautiful ball by James outside the 18, uh, off her chest, volleys mm-hmm. it to the back corner, and it beats and it beats Sheridan. Gotham remains unfazed by that, which I was not surprised by because they just kind of keep plugging along and they just don't get rattled by anything. But Gotham starts really putting the screws to North Carolina. They start pressing a little bit higher up the pitch. The Gotham's first goal starts from Kawasumi threading not one, but two beautiful like line-breaking balls. One hits the touchline where Mitch gathers it. She gets tangled up with the defender, which could have been called a foul on her, but I think she just shrugged it off. But she just does Mitch thing, and she blows by the defender, <laughs> and the defender has no choice but to pull her down, earning the penalty. So it was just classic Mitch purse. So yes. Lloyd goes for the ball, and then she blasts a penalty kick right into the back of the net. So Casey's Perfectly like, taken. Yeah. Casey is like 6'4 or something. And she guessed right, but man, Lloyd hit that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yes, I think if Shep Messing was calling this, he would say, bang, Carly Lloyd <laughs> hits with the laces drive. You can't strike a bu- ball any better than that. Look at that velocity. No, no keeper in the world is going to save that. Sorry, Shep Messing. It's a terrible impression, but I'm going to hit it anyway. <laughs> So, you know, Gotham does not let, let up. They continue pressure and play right through the courage. The second goal comes from, a you know, right up a goal kick all the way down the field. And I think the NWSL called it a perfect team yes. goal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lloyd uh, won the ball at midfield, makes a great turn, and just plays a perfectly touched ball to Anamano. Anamano gets to the, to the end line, plays it across, and it was it felt like slow motion. But you could just see Midge trailing behind, and he knew it was going to go in. 
Gotham basically just kept up the pressure for the rest of the half, and it was one of the most dangerous 45s of soccer we've seen all season. So what a return for Margaret Purse. Uh, Jenna, let's talk about this first half. What are some thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with basically everything you just said. Um, those first 20 minutes, they they did look calm. I was, you know, a little bit worried watching it and a little bit, you know, we were in our own half a little bit more than I would have liked. Um, and then obviously the courage had that great goal from distance. But one of the things I noticed just from the jump was a lot of renewed energy in this team on Saturday, especially after that goal in the 20th minute. Whereas in the past, they might've been chasing the game for a while and then ending up hoping that Anamanu makes a miracle shot to tie it up. But this time they immediately roared back and you could really tell uh, Midge Purse was on a mission, earning that penalty, scoring a goal herself. And Carly Lloyd really melded into the team in a way that I haven't really seen from her before. It was really great to see. Indeed. I'm just going to say I love the formation. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. much similar to what the national team plays. I love the aggression that they showed. And honestly, who wouldn't love those results? That was a great yes, first half. Absolutely. I think between the new coaching staff, return of Midge and Paige from their injuries, uh, return of Carly from international duty, all of that really injected some much needed new energy into this club. And of course, can't forget Kaylin Sheridan had a fantastic game, four saves. What would we do without her? I love Sheridan. <laughs> she makes you like so nervous of how confident she is with her feet. Oh, yes. Those are like razor thin passes out of the back are both like maddening and just so impressive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I'll say it again. I've never seen a keeper so good at breaking lines with passing. Uh, she hit one early on like near the 18 and it hit Lloyd at midfield on a yes. rope. And Carly was like, it was so hot that like Carly had like had trouble taking the heat off of it. But she is so special. We are so lucky to have her. So lucky, yep. <laughs> Getting to the second half, there really wasn't too much excitement for this second half. Gotham really just basically controls the match. They start to absorb a little bit. Gotham brings in Paige, Viennes, Richardson on. The Courage decides to really push forward for that equalizer goal. And then they overcommit. Mm-hmm. Richardson over uh, intercepts a pass and immediately fires up the field to Vienne, who cuts inside just to freeze the two defenders for a second, just allowing Paige to get behind him. Paige takes it all the way down, cuts across, gets a deflection. But I think either way, uh, I think that ball was going past uh, either you know, deflection or not. It was, that was a goal. So it ends up being 3-1. And then Gotham basically sees the rest out. I mean, you know, what a moment for Paige to come back. I know how hard she fought to get back on the field and yes. to be able to to celebrate just with Mer- with like Mitch getting the, the goal right away. It's, it's yeah. incredible. A real storybook game for, for the two of them. Let's go some final thoughts. So let's take a little bit deeper dive into this game. So here are some of the takeaways. So for me, I think Casey Murphy came to this game with 10 clean sheets and like a 0.59 goals against one shot out away from tying the league record and Gotham put it on her. She was visibly upset all match because Gotham was having their way with the courage defense. That is good to see as we make this push towards the playoffs. It was the best offensive performance I've seen of the season. They were dangerous throughout. 
Absolutely agree. I thought Gotham's front line was totally outperforming the Courage's back line. And I know the Courage were in that real funky formation, but we had three of our best players starting out there. And then even when Evelyn Vienne and Paige Monahan came in in the second half, it was an immediate impact. Um, like you discussed before, that assist from Vienne and that Paige Monahan goal. So we we had it covered. And I got to say, what an amazing job our back four did. This is one of the most potent offenses in the league. McDonald, Rodriguez, and Williams are a handful, and they are deadly. Props to Caprice, Gina, Estelle, and Amani Dorsey. During the broadcast, uh, it was funny because I saw that the coach from the Courage said that they wanted to attack Gina with Williams because she was the slowest person on the back line for Gotham. Well, how did that work out? <laughs> you don't have to be the fastest player on the field if you're smart with your resistance and movement and Gina is probably I said this early this season I think when we interviewed Robbie from Jersey Sporting News I said mm-hmm. Gina, Gina always seems like the smartest person on the field and she yes. takes up great positions cuts uh, off space really well and gave Williams a, uh, you know, a hard time this defense oh, first you pointed out on your Twitter uh, I think you showed the shot map this defense is not giving up anything inside the 18 I think if you think back to some of the goals that teams have scored on us against the season, most of those are like long range wonder strikes. Honestly, I like those odds. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, yes, that shot map courtesy of NWSL Field of Vision. Shout out to Adam Tierney, who runs that account. Um, but it's so true. Um, all those shots coming from outside the 18 or or just inside. And Gina had a fantastic game. She's having a standout season. And, you know, I checked and she had actually four clearances that game. So So she was doing real well. Yeah. Teams are having a really tough time getting to the end line against Gotham, the one time they did, it kind of forced the ball back out and they scored the goal off of it. So it was like the one time they did, but right. for the rest of the game, nothing, nothing at all. So Jenna, I know you like stats. So yes. what is your stat of the week? Yes, yes. So, so actually, one I really wanted to highlight, a couple of stats from our team captain, McCall Zerboni, who I think had her best game since coming back from that back injury earlier this season. So she won seven out of 10 duels. She made 16 recoveries in the midfield and had an 80% overall pass success rate. And Mob gave her an overall rating of 8.2, which makes her the third highest rated player of that night only behind uh, Lloyd and Purse. So I think that she had a fantastic game. And also I think when she plays against her former team, The Courage, she brings a little something extra extra to those games. So very pleased with her performance. Yeah, I agree with you. She was amazing. My stat of the week is kind of the running theme of my stats, but long hit 93% passing again. And at halftime, it was like 96. (laughs) She amazes me. Just game in and game out. She's so amazing. Chef's kiss. (laughs) Yes. Let's give our grades on how Scott Parkinson did in his first game of head coach. What is your grade, Jenna? A plus for me all the way. Big fan of his outfit. Big fan of his notebook. <laughs> you know, we were sitting behind the benches so you could kind of see how he was interacting with the players. It seemed really, really positive. I think that he's part of this renewed energy that we saw on Saturday. And I think he's bringing the team some much needed stability in the coaching staff. And he made some really good decisions with that lineup. And whatever they worked on during training clearly worked. I feel like he didn't coach scared. I think the last time we played North Carolina, I think 
Freya, I think, changed the whole lineup. She went to the five in the back, and it was like she kind of coached against them, but not like to our strengths. But I think Scott just came in and said, we're going to impose our will on them, and we did. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm going to give them an A. I think what a debut. I'll say it again. The big question I had was, how are you going to get those three on the field at the same time and producing? And Scott did what our last coach couldn't. Lloyd looked comfortable in the 10 because Gotham wasn't sitting back. Lloyd didn't have to drop back to get touches on the ball and didn't have much work, defensive work to do. I mean, got an assist and got a goal. If he got an assist, Purse killed it. Having Vienne and Monaghan off the bench is incredible. Long was more involved in the attack. There was really nothing not to like here. Gotham was stout defensively as always, but on the front foot, all match. And as you noted, I like his little notebook. <laughs> it's like Gotham was kicking butt and he was taking names. Yeah. I'm sure like partly through that game, he was probably like, Dan, hand me my notebook. Scribbles furiously. Lynn Williams. Period. <laughs> <Hand it> back. <laughs> Let's talk about some players of the, of the week. Uh, over mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, over, at Over Gotham Pod, it was Paige Monahan. Do you agree, Jenna? So it's hard for me to say yes to that just because she only played a partial second half, although what she managed to do in that time was nothing short of amazing. But I think I might have to say my player was Carly Lloyd. I always wonder how she'll meld back into the team when she comes back from these international breaks. But this was 100% her best performance with Gotham. It looked like they had been playing together for years. She had that amazing penalty shot. She had that great pass to Anamanu for Purse's goal. Without that pass, that goal wasn't happening. And I also love when she's on the field and looking like a leader, directing the team to keep pushing up. I think she was dictating that game for for much of it, if not the whole time. Yeah, absolutely agree. She was orchestrating the entire offense. And Carly Lloyd is a, is a leader and she's a control freak. So <laughs> get, getting her in that number 10 allowed her to dictate the game and it really yes. played to her strengths. So yeah, definitely. But for me, I think I could have went with Lloyd, but I went with Midge. I think one of her best performances in a Gotham uniform. Uh, Midge took this game over every single time she touched the ball. She was dangerous. Let's move forward. Let's look around the league and see kind of who we are rooting for this week. As I posted over on Twitter, uh, Gotham entered last weekend six points from fourth place with two games in hand. And now we are four points from third place with a game in hand on North Carolina in third place. So whom we do play again. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that one. Also, we have two games in hand on the fourth and fifth place team. This is not a bad spot to be in if 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 you just take care of your business. Yes, it's totally in their hands. Yeah. All right, so we got North Carolina versus Washington. Oh, boy, that's a tough one. I guess I got to pull for North Carolina here, neck and neck with Washington. Let North Carolina beat them, and then we'll beat them, and they'll be out of the way. Yes, perfect. (laughs) Orlando versus Chicago. For me, it's another tough one. We have two games in hand on both of them. Let's hope for a draw here. I guess if we take care of business, we'll be right in the middle of two of them. Yes. Kansas City in Houston. You got to root for Kansas City all the way. They're not. They're not making the playoffs, so let them just run roughshod and everybody else but us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Portland and OL Rain. I'm rooting for the meteor on that one. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it doesn't matter for us. We aren't catching either of them, so I'll just say draw. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So l- lastly, we got our game coming up Friday against Louisville. Any predictions, Jenna? Yeah, I mean, I think that. 
game on Saturday was a start to some renewed energy for us. I think we're on a roll and should win this. I think the last time we played them, we did tie. But, you know, sadly, Louisville is having some some current struggles, some staffing turmoil, uh, missing Nadia Nadim. So, you know, although you never wish that for a team, I do think that this is Gotham's game to lose. With that said, I do think we bring home all three points. The last time we played Louisville, it was another one of those weird Freya galaxy brain games where she changed up the <laughs> formation. And uh, I felt like we had, there was no reason to change anything because we, I think we would have dominated them. But so hopefully Scott puts the foot to the floor and then we just tear him up. So both Ruby and I said it's going to be a three, nothing win. So we're pretty confident. What do you got? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to say two zero. All right. So one random closing thought. I feel like this game was kind of a shot across the bow of the league. We just ran over a very good Courage team that deservedly should be near the top of the table. With Midge and Paige back, there is so much dynamism to our attack. And with our already incredible stout defense, this is, again, an absolute warning shot. Look out, league. We are coming. Uh, We are definitely a dark horse, not only to make the playoffs, but to make a run at the championship. Let's go, Scott. Let's go, Gotham. Any random thoughts before we close this out, Jenna? Uh, not nothing, nothing much for me. I got some good stuff I'm working on. I did an interview last night with a player. I'm not going to say who it is just yet, but it's a feature article, so it's coming out on her hopefully Thursday or Friday, maybe tomorrow. Just putting some finishing finishing touches on it. Really great conversation. I always love uh, speaking with the players, so keep an eye out for that, and I, I hope people enjoy it. Look forward to that. All right, everybody. So that is the end of this segment. I'm going to go and talk to Michael Shaw uh, about Louisville. Shall we? We shall. All right. So our next guest writes for the state of Louisville.com, a Louisville sports website. Michael Shaw is here to help us break down our next match Friday night. Welcome to the podcast, Michael Shaw. Happy to be here. Indeed, Michael. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Like, how did you become kind of an NWSL fan? Were you always an NWSL fan or did it start with Louisville? Uh, no, it started with Louisville. Um, I'm actually an Arsenal fan um, mm. and uh, been an Arsenal kind of diehard fan uh, probably for about 10 years. I followed them prior to that, but the last 10 years it's been, you know, see every match I possibly can. Um, so so really more of an Arsenal fan to start off with. Uh, but when the uh, NWSL announced they were bringing a team to Louisville, uh, I was fully on board, got season tickets, and kind of got involved that way. Um, so for your listeners who probably aren't that familiar with Louisville, um, it is the first, uh, top level professional franchise in Louisville since 1976. So, so it was something that I wanted to be involved in from the ground floor. And so I bought season tickets and then about three or four games in, I'm like, you know what? Nobody's writing about this team, at least not where I see it. So I decided, I decided to start writing about it. Um, which has been kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting experience. Yeah, definitely. We'll get, we'll definitely get into your experience, but so tell us a little about the state of Louisville as a website. So the state of Louisville is a, uh, it's a website that's kind of dedicated to multiple things. Uh, the two big draws in the city of Louisville 
uh, in terms of team sports are U of L football and U of L basketball. And uh, so it has uh, coverage devoted to both of those. It also, uh, Louisville being unique, dedicates uh, a little bit of coverage to professional sports. Uh, you know, racing Louisville gets some coverage there. The USL team, uh, Louisville City, gets a little bit of coverage, but more through podcasts. But uh, the site also uh, gives some coverage to a couple of ex U of L um, players uh, on the basketball side, Donovan Mitchell. So you know, quite a bit of Donovan Mitchell coverage for the Jazz and uh, especially Lamar Jackson coverage for the Ravens. So kind of those areas. Very cool. And so tell us a little about Louisville as kind of a sports city. Like, do you feel Louisville has kind of embraced racing as a club? Uh, yeah, so Louisville as a sports city, you know, it it's funny. Uh, it is kind of a um, college first sports town. It has been for a long time. But, you know, we have a couple of, you know, we always have the Kentucky Derby, which is a huge event in uh, May. Um, so that always gets, you know, a lot of attention, kind of the uh, early part of spring, maybe mid spring. Uh, but the most of the focus traditionally has been on uh, University of Louisville football and University of Louisville basketball. But uh, since the USL team, Louisville City, joined, and I believe it's 2015, I, I may have gotten that, gotten that wrong. It's really become a soccer town. The um, Louisville City, its first year, uh, first three or four years actually played in the uh, minor league baseball stadium, but was drawing, I think first year around 6,000, 7,000 fans. But by the end of their uh, period at the baseball stadium was easily drawing, you know, 9,000, 10,000 fans to every match. Yeah. I remember watching some like Red Bull two games in the Louisville stadium and it was pretty rough watching them slide all over the baseball field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, the, uh, the new field is definitely nicer than the old one. (laughs) <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so let's, let's, let's shift gears a little bit to the Louisville Racing Louisville team. Uh, so this season, it's kind of been stop and start, up and down, and you're currently kind of ninth place in the standings. Do you feel that's kind of a fair spot for where they are, or do you think they could have got more out of this? No, it's fair. It, it's completely fair. Uh, I mean, I think you go into a, um expansion season, expecting, you know, last place. So, you know, maybe being above Kansas City would be a a victory. Uh, Although they've played a little bit better recently, Kansas City, I believe. But, uh, you know, Louisville was actually frank, was frankly uh, a little bit lucky early in the year. They had a couple of matches where they picked up three points where they probably deserve zero if you looked at the statistics. So uh, some of their uh, early season success was maybe a little bit of fool's gold. Uh, They have played well. Um, recently, uh, especially in the women's cup, uh, which we, we can talk about that later if you want to, but, yeah. um, but, uh, since, uh, Nadia Nadim went down in the match against Orlando, uh, I think we've seen kind of a, a drop in the level of play. And we had a couple of, uh, late, uh, center back scratches in the last match and, and their last match where they, um, lost to, uh, the dash at home four to, to nil was probably their worst match of the year. Yeah. All right. And also, let's talk about, I guess, a coach that we are familiar with over here at Sky Blue Gotham, uh, Christy Holly. So when he was hired as a coach, it's, I would, you kind of would say controversial, but uh, was he embraced by the racing fans and kind of how do they feel about him now? Well, I would say he was, he was embraced. Uh, there, there's a couple things attributing to that is that, 
you know, the coverage in Louisville wasn't great when we, we hired him. They said, hey, we hired a coach. And everybody's like, yeah, fantastic. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of in-depth reporting on his background. You'd have to go digging through that a little bit to find some of the more controversial things in his background. But I, I would say that the city embraced him because the city trusts the, uh, the ownership group, Soccer Holdings LLC, which also runs Louisville City. And they were pretty much uh, successful immediately. Uh, but they also, you know, got uh, they were an existing tra- uh, franchise kind of transferred in from um, from Orlando City when Orlando got their MLS team. So it had some structure there. But I, I don't I can't remember if any players transfer. I don't much believe they did. But uh, but the organization itself had experience in being successful. You know, I, they have never not made it to the conference finals in the was it six years of their existence, maybe six or seven years of their existence. So, um, so I think there was uh, trust in the ownership group and the leadership. So, um, I think maybe they went into it a little bit blindly, saying, "Okay, well, this guy must be okay." Um, you know, I, I talked to to Christy, uh, you know, a few times. I had no uh, issues with him. He was an impersonable guy, but you know, I don't think anybody um, is necessarily super sad to see him leave, based on kind of the uh, the way in which he left. Yeah. And tell us a little about the new interim coach. Do you feel like it's going to be a permanent hire or is it really just a stopgap? You know, I asked that uh, question to James O'Connor, who's basically the general manager for both both teams. And he gave me the traditional GM non-answer on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a little bit of background on uh, Coach Mario Sanchez is that he he stepped in um, as the head coach, but he was already with the organization as a an assistant on the men's side with Louisville City and also runs the academy for both the uh, men's and women's team. So I think he'll go back to his academy role once the season is over, um, barring some kind of um, issue with getting a coach hire. So I fully expect him to go back to his academy role. Yeah. One thing, just a side note, uh, when you're going on Twitter looking around, you do see the investment in the ownership over at Louisville. They're always kind of on Twitter talking about the team and how proud they are of it. And it seems like they're invested in the right reasons. So it's, it's good to see like the ownership group being so invested in the, in the team. Unlike the team we're going to play the following week, Washington, but well, <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Washington, Washington's had a rough go of it. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so let's talk a little about, you know, the team itself. Uh, so Louisville has a ton of talent, but like, you know, as, as we talked earlier, the results kind of haven't been there. So what do you think is missing to take this team to maybe contender status or how well they played in the challenge cup. Well, the international cup. Yeah. Well, number one is it's midfielders. They're uh, heavy in kind of forward attack and uh, they've had some crucial injuries, critical injuries at the wrong times in, in defense. Although I think they probably could use a little bit more defensive talent and help. I, I think there's plenty of, of good attacking talent. It's just the middle, the middle of the field is, is where they struggle. Uh, they've had to drop people that are traditionally maybe attackers into midfield. Uh, and some of them have done well, but I think there needs to be some more uh, natural uh, midfield talent uh, in the team. Uh, Emily Fox, the number one draft pick, uh, has played midfield in the past. I, believe, past. I believe she played midfield at North Carolina a little bit. But she's been deployed on at both at left and right back. Uh, so I would love to see her get some uh, experience in the middle of the, of the field, but uh, I think it's just kind of been a necessity to have her uh, be out wide uh, in, in that role. But I would say midfield is where they struggle the most. 
Yeah. And, and speaking of injuries, um, I think everyone in the league unanimously loves Nadia Nadim, and she's a special player and a person. Uh, so how kind of devastating was that for the team to lose a player and person of her caliber? Yeah, it, it pretty much sealed the fact that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, they probably mm-hmm. weren't going to make the playoffs uh, anyway, although there was, you know, always optimism by by fans that they were that they had a shot to do it, you know, just one one game here or one game there and get back into the race. But that pretty much uh sealed it. Um she probably was the uh one player on the team that you would see kind of you know, from the attackers drop back into the midfield and help, you know, move the ball forward and then still be in the attack. Um, Savannah McCaskill for the team does that quite a bit too. But uh, Nadia of the forwards is probably the one that was most likely to, to drop deep and then help, you know, bring the ball up the field. And with uh, that gone and her leadership gone, uh, I think it's the rest of the season is probably a, a write-off. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they'll use it to um, evaluate some of their younger talent, uh, but we'll mm-hmm. see. And speaking of younger talent, uh, Ebony Salmon is uh, Salmon is having a quietly good season. Uh, so what can you tell us about her and what she brings to the team? Uh, yeah, well, she started off on fire. I mean, she scored in her first minute of, of play. I think everybody saw that. Uh, but, you know, to be completely honest, her play has dropped recently, and I, I'm not sure it's completely her fault. She's kind of been dropped in the pecking order Um especially since uh, Coach Sanchez has taken over. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, there's good things about having Louisville City and racing Louisville combined under a leadership structure in that, you know, they get to share great facilities and they're treated equally and they get to share a beautiful stadium. Um, but maybe one of the negative things is uh, they seem to want to share a uh, footballing philosophy, which I'm not sure racing Louisville is equipped to play the same way Louisville city does. Louisville city is a uh, pressing attacking team uh, likes to have the ball, you know, as much as possible and win it back when they don't have it. Right. And uh, you know, an expansion team doing that, uh, it's not, uh, it hasn't gone well. And so uh, back to Ebony, I don't think Ebony's strength is pressing. Um, I don't think that's her, her natural strength. Uh, I think she's better in the, uh, in the counterattack, And, um, you know, when, uh, coach Holly was with the team, uh, I mean, he, he even would stress to her to push up a little bit higher, but I think the opportunities were there more, uh, for her to, um, you know, get goals in, in that setup, but she, but she hasn't been playing, uh, from the beginning, she's been getting about 45 a match, uh, in the last few matches. So her forms dropped a little bit. So that'll be one of the things I'll be looking at toward the end of the year is seeing if, they will make the commitment to giving her, you know, 70, 80 minutes a match in, in hope of uh, developing her uh, for next year. Indeed. And so let's talk a little bit about the game on coming up on Friday. Uh, so outside of the big names like Nagasato and uh, McCaskill, uh, what players do you think Gotham should be looking for? Well, you should definitely keep an eye on uh, Emily Fox, who was the number one draft pick uh, last year. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit funny with Emily. She has been pretty much their best player the entire year. And I do a player ratings column uh, pretty much immediately after the match. And she's almost always a seven or an eight in my player ratings column. Um, but uh, she did have probably her weakest match um, last uh, last time against uh, Houston. She was matched up one-on-one with Michelle Prince, and Michelle kind of had a field day with her. So yeah. she'll be looking to recover from that. And, and she's been – she started off the year at left back and has been switched to right back. So 
but with injuries, it was back to left back again. I think her pre- preferred position is right back. So we'll see. Uh, I would like to see her get some experience in the midfield as well. So that, that's one to watch. Uh, the other would be CeCe Kaiser, who leads the team in um, shots on goal. Uh, she has a few, a few goals. She scored racing's first ever goal um, in the Challenge Cup. Uh, and has been really good. I mean, other than Nadia, she would probably be my um, kind of my second choice of, of of a player that you know is, is really completely fluid in attack. You know, that can drop into that midfield, but also is pretty good at, in a front too as well. So keep an eye on CC. If Louisville scores, it, it either came from a shot from CC or a pass from CC. Yeah. So how do you think in this game Louisville could be successful? Um, well, number one, they're going to have to get their two, uh, main center backs back healthy. Uh, both, uh, Kaylee real and, uh, Jim Bonner were out with, uh, looks like uh, matching right thigh injuries at the last match. And they were kind of questionable going into Sunday and then neither one of them played at all on Sunday. And so we were left with kind of second choice, uh, center back. So number one, for them to have a shot, uh, one or both of them have to be healthy and ready to go because the way Louisville wants to play from the back and um, without one or both of them in the back, that's kind of tough. They'll make similar mistakes like they did against uh, the Dash if they don't have uh, them back. And uh, they'll have to set up to, to counter. Uh, I mean, the philosophy from, you know, the coach is they want to, you know, attack and, and hold the ball and hold possession. But if, if they're going to beat um, Gotham, they're going to have to uh, hope, it, hope it turns out like it did last time, maybe get an early goal and hopefully, you know, sit on that lead for the rest of the match. That would be the only way I see them you know, pulling this off. Yeah. So do you have any predictions for this match? Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, Gotham will, will win 2-0. Uh, but if you're a, if you're a betting person, uh, pick any scoreline other than the one I just said because I haven't been right all year. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm the worst. <laughs> so just the shifting gears uh, before we let you go, I want to talk about the success Louisville had uh, at the International Champions Cup, which is a unique tournament. So what do you think was their key to success in that tournament? Yeah, it was, it was the Women's Cup. The International Champions Cup was yeah. the one that uh, yeah, Portland played in. Um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, you know, a little bit of luck involved. The uh, quarterfinal, I'm sorry, the semifinal that they were in was basically a league match with Chicago that ended in a draw and uh, went to penalties. And uh, they scored the win- winning penalty that uh, it would have been wide had the goalie not tried to save it and tip and you know tipping it basically bounced off of the post and off her back and into the goal. So there's quite a bit of luck uh, uh, going on with that one. And then they went to a full change lineup basically for the final, you know, because it wasn't a league match and just happened to you know stay with um, you know Bayern the entire match and you know actually went behind, which. Um, you know, they, they've never done that in the league. Once they've gone behind, they haven't won a point all year. But they just happened to snatch a goal back and then to get another really good effort from Yuki on target, uh, give up a, a cheapie. And then, you know, if you've seen saw the penalty shootout, it went to 11 penalties. And, you know, that's a little bit of luck there too. But it was, uh, you know, it was a nice trophy to win. It was fun. It was a fun atmosphere. Um, you know, it was a fun thing to win, but I don't read too much into it from a, you know, club progress perspective it was you know a couple of a couple of draws on paper and uh you know maybe some luck in the penalty shootout yeah one one thing i really love about this tournament is it gives a way for this league to sell itself to players overseas and next next time i want that so badly to be at red bull arena uh because i want 
you know, when these players come over, they're going to be able to see, oh, this is what they play in. This is where they practice. This is this, uh, you know, the the amenities they have is amazing. Maybe I want to play here. So I think it's a great way to this league to sell themselves to players coming from overseas. And I hope that translates to more transfers. Yeah, yeah. Bayern and uh, PSG both uh, spent the full week in town. I think they arrived on a Sunday and left on a Sunday and did all, I mean, they both got the practice. Well, I think Bayern got the practice at uh, racing's practice facility and uh, PSG got the practice at the university of Louisville's soccer facility, which again is first rate. So they both got to see nice facilities. Just Bayern got the, uh, got the one nearer to the, the stadium. They got to see, you know, probably more fans than they're used to seeing. I think, the uh, the final was around seven thousand. I think the other games are probably around six thousand from an attendance perspective. Uh, they definitely got to see facilities. You know, they got to do a couple other good things. They got to tour the uh, Muhammad Ali Museum in town, which was a cool experience, and then kind of attended a, a gala afterwards. So they they got to experience uh, Louisville. So yeah, it would be nice for other uh, other players from other clubs to come over and experience other cities. Although I do think that Louisville will again be a host city very soon. Yeah, indeed. So, all right, Michael, I want to thank you for joining us and helping me preview this game. So where can people find your work outside of, you know, stateoflouisville.com? So I have my own blog. It's uh, floridaleefc.com. All of those words are hyphenated. Uh, but uh, you can follow me at uh, floridaleefc on Twitter. I think it's floridaleefc1 on Twitter. I link just about all my content, whether it's for State of Louisville or on my own blog uh, via Twitter. Yeah, yeah. When we share the episode, we'll put your link up there and all that stuff. Okay. So, all right, everyone. So Ruby should be back next week. And I want to thank Jenna for guest hosting this episode and Michael for being gracious with his time and coming on. Look forward to talking to you again, Michael. All right. Thanks. Indeed, Ruby. For Ruby, Jenna, Michael, and myself, thanks for listening to episode 18 of Soccer Over Gotham. Be kind to each other, and we will see you next week. Go Gotham. <laughs>